Are you ready to witness greatness? NFL fans, welcome to the largest tailgate party in the nation. Let's go! Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. The king of sportsbooks. We're setting you up with the information you need to watch your team win. Victory is the end game. We're here to break it all down. Let's go, let's go. This is Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM. Now, we're live from your tailgate. Here's Brian No. Welcome in. It's the Countdown to Kickoff presented by BetMGM Podcast. We'll have Jared Smith from PicksWise.com, their lead betting analyst, to talk some college ball in a bit. Also, Bill Krakenberger from CrackWins.com, sports handicapper. He'll talk some NFL. I'm Brian Note. New users, download the BetMGM app today and use code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. That's code COUNTDOWN in the BetMGM app. Okay, Jared Smith, let's talk some college ball over here. First off, before we dive into some of the biggest matchups here, it's been a lot of fun. We're recording this on a Thursday. Wednesday night was just nuts. You had Oregon doinking in the go-ahead extra point (laughs) to win the game. And then you also had this crazy three-overtime shootout, a huge comeback from Kansas, and Arkansas wins in triple overtime. We get the college football equivalent of penalty kicks in the third overtime where you're just trading two-point conversions. It was wild, man, but it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, and I hope Gus Johnson, our Fox pal, has come down off of his high. Um, I've never seen an extra point so enthusiastically called before. I mean, he's just a gift, God's gift to uh, broadcasting. But overall, I think one of the things I've learned, Brian, is just the the opt-outs maybe not having as big of an impact motivationally as we thought. In fact, it kind of is going in an opposite direction. And, and, and I'll use the Arkansas game as, as the best example. Not only was Arkansas really fired up for that game with their backups, but when you have such a talent gap, SEC to Big 12 and Kansas is, you know, on the lower end of the Big 12 talent scale, I, I think it's almost a positive because the backups on Arkansas are just as talented as Kansas and they're fighting for their lives because they know they're not starter caliber talent. So it's kind of this opposite effect where there actually is some value, I think, when the line moves significantly in the other direction because of all the transfers and opt-outs, et cetera, because at the end of the day, maybe some of these backups are actually pretty good players and they're getting a chance to prove themselves. No, it's a good point. It really is. And that's the tough thing is to figure out, hey, we know these kids that haven't played a lot that are getting their chance on a big stage. Like some of these stages are pretty big, these bowl games. And look, they might, they're going to be scratching and clawing. We know that. And they're either going to rise to the occasion and they're actually pretty good or they're going to wet themselves. And that's not (laughs) the easiest thing to figure out. But you're right. I like what you're thinking where there's sometimes it's too basic where it's like oh man team x has so many opt-outs yeah. take team y and, and that might not be the way to go the quarterback i think is the big one like I've, I've noticed like when there's quarterback disruptions that affects things more and i've also noticed coordinator disruptions play calling organization yeah. that changes it but with arkansas last night it was kj jefferson and it was their entire offense was out besides him but their offense looked fine defensively obviously they they, they were gashed but arkansas's defense wasn't great all year so that wasn't a surprise but 
that was a ball game. Like there really wasn't a moment in the second half until very late that I thought Arkansas or Kansas had had a chance to cover. I mean, that was Arkansas's game and Kansas kind of pulled one out. But I'll be curious to see how that impacts the Kansas State-Alabama game, which is kind of an interesting spot with the opposite effect with all Alabama's guys opting in. And Kansas State, maybe, you know, they thought they were going to get a reprieve from the Bama, you know, the, 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 the diehard Bama team. But now it's going to be a tough matchup. So there, it is, this has been a very unique bowl season, Brian. It really has. Yeah, I'll say that is uh, you saw it a little bit with Oregon last night is when you don't have coordinators. It's an organizational type thing, right? If you have a coordinator missing or he's gone to another school or whatever, just a very basic offense from Oregon, not a whole lot of trickeration or motion or it's just very, very vanilla. So that's something to pay attention to. I agree with you on that. Let's dive in. You mentioned the Sugar Bowl, Kansas State against Alabama. Bama is favored by six and a half. I love, 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 love that Bryce Young and Will Anderson Jr. are playing in this game. It matters to them. It's their last hurrah with Alabama. And for anybody who's like, why would you play it? It's because you love college ball. It's your last chance. You love your teammates. You love your school. I just pray, Jared, I pray that they don't get injured because that's all you, you'll hear is, I told you they shouldn't have played it. Why would blah, 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 blah. So I hope they play. I hope they play well. I hope they enjoy themselves. But as long as they stay in the entire game, which is the million-dollar question, just how long are they going to play? If they play the whole game, maybe Bama covers the spread. If they're out by halftime, it's like, oh, gosh, I don't want to be holding an Alabama ticket if that's the scenario. It's a very valid point. I, I didn't think of a scenario. Like, when, I'm, when I usually handicap games, slight glimpse behind the curtain, I always try to, like, play the scenario out in my head, and I almost try to do, like, a mental simulation of how the game plays out I haven't run any mental simulations of Bryce Young only playing half of the game like in my mind once he made the decision that he's in I kind of got the vibe that he was in and and that's that's that would galvanize Alabama and yeah there's some opt-outs and there's some transfers but let's be honest it's the backups the third stringers maybe even the fourth stringers for Alabama are on the talent level that Kansas State starters are so I, I don't really think there's any player besides um, Bryce Young, that really matters in this game in terms of the point spread. It, you know, any any opt out from the you know the defensive lineman or you know offensive lineman, whatever. I, I don't think it's going to have an impact on the game. But you're right. If, if if Bryce only plays half, or if he's only half in, and you know it, that might impact things a little bit. But here's another thing to consider: Bryce has been pretty banged up the whole year, and he gets a month off. So I, I think we're going to see a really energized Alabama offense early in this game. And Kansas State's been pretty good defensively this year. But again, the talent gap between where Alabama's faced most of the year and, and, and who the, the opponents Kansas State have faced. I mean, you saw what happened when TCU got rolling against the Wildcats earlier this season. I mean, it was just boom, 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 30, 40 points in the second half, no problem. So I could see Alabama putting up a big number on this Kansas State defense if, if that offense is up for this game. I hear you, and maybe that's the way to go. If you're worried about a potential early exit for Bryce Young, maybe you just look Alabama first half line. If you like the tide, maybe the first half is the way to go. I feel bad for Iowa-Kentucky. It's on at the same time. (laughs) It's it's on at the same time. The Music City Bowl is on at the same time as the Sugar Bowl with Alabama and Bryce Young playing, and the total in the Iowa-Kentucky game is 31. It's like, oh gosh, it wasn't the sexiest matchup to begin with, and now on top of that, Bryce Young is playing, so the ratings might not be off the charts for 
Iowa, Kentucky here. Yeah, the first half total, Brian, is 14 and a half. Oh, man. I don't recall the total <laughs> that low in any game for the first half. Ever. And I've seen some, tw- I've seen some, you know, 30, you know, we, we, there's been some 30s this year across college football, Army, Navy, and, you know, the, the, a lot of Iowa games, pretty much every game Iowa plays in. Um, but this is, this is a new low. And again, when you look at who's opting out in this game, quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, offensive linemen on mm. both sides. Defensively, most guys are in, and it's kind of weird. It's just like both offenses just decided we're just going to not play in this game. (laughs) I have absolutely no way. There is no way. I don't care how low it goes. And this is coming. This is something coming from me because usually there's always a number where I'll be willing to go on the Mm -hmm. other side. I don't know if there's a number that I'd be willing to bet over in this game. I mean, maybe if it was like 14 for the full game, but (laughs) anything in the 30s, I think, is a fair bet to the under. I don't understand how either team moves the ball. First of all, both defenses have had good years, and then you take out the quarterbacks and the running backs and the best tight end on Iowa is the best pass catcher for both teams. It's like, who's? how are you moving the ball in this game? I don't understand what the offenses are going to look like, but... It's probably going to resemble something like LSU last year when they opted out their entire team for that bowl game and they had to f- play like a fifth-string former receiver that now wants to play quarterback. I just don't know how this is going to look offensively for both teams. Wow, and that first-half line stinks too. If the total is 31 and the first-half total is only 14.5, normally it's the other way where the third quarter yeah, is, you're right. is normally very low scoring. So. If you take usually half it's of, shaded the other side. The yeah, second half yeah. tends to be lower by a point yeah. or two. Wow, and they, so. they will bump the first half. I, and again, I think that's the market telling you exactly how this game is going yeah. to play out. We'll, we'll see what our buddy Seamus McGee says on 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 Saturday about this one. But I'll be honest, I I think under might find might find its way onto my card. We'll see. Yeah, that first half total. It's basically saying, come on, take the over. Come yeah, on, right. please. Take the over. The Only three scores, two touchdowns and a field goal. Come on. Yeah. That sounds so easy, right? I know. It, it might not be the right play, though. All right, let's get to the playoff games. Fiesta Bowl, TCU against Michigan. Mich- the lines have held so far. We're recording this on Thursday again. So Michigan favored by seven and a half. We'll see if there's any late movement leading up to the game. But you know what I've said about this, Jared? Michigan, I think they are ripe for the picking. I'm definitely going to play TCU plus the seven and a half. I'm just curious. The, I think the game comes down to a big portion of it is can TCU play effective run defense? And I'm not saying J.J. McCarthy can't do anything if that's the case, but if you keep Michigan in check, relatively in check running the football, that's where they make their living. And I just want to see how TCU performs. There have been games where they got gashed on the ground. There are games against B. John Robinson in Texas where they look like the 85 Bears out there. So I'm just curious which TCU rush defense shows up. Yeah, it if you watch that Texas film, you, you might think the wrong team's favorite in this game, frankly. Um, but you have to look at the full season. You have to look at the big picture. You have to look at the ratings. And, and the ratings do give Michigan the edge here. It's kind of funny. I, 
the more I let this sit, and by the way, the one prediction that I've made so far that has been spot on, when the lines were dropped right after conference championship weekend, I said they wouldn't move up until the game. Like, they had their initial move. TCU got bought down from 9 to 7, and then, the, you know, the slight buyback to 7.5, and, and Oregon or Georgia, Ohio State hasn't moved at all. And we're kind of getting to the end of that period. My guess is on Saturday when we're doing the show, there will be a tick or two in either direction with one of the games because limits will expand and, and, and we'll see some more sophisticated money enter the market. They've kind of been in a holding pattern. But the more I look at the game and the more that I digest what I saw this year, the more I kind of lean to Michigan's side. And I don't love laying it with the Wolverines. I don't know if that's going to be my bet for this game. But I think the experience of last year helps. And I think that's going to propel them a little bit in some of those situational spots Whereas TCU has come up on the right side of the coin flip basically every single week. And I don't know if that's going to be the case against this bigger, faster, stronger Michigan defense. I think it's fair to say this will be the best defense they've faced all year. I don't know that for sure because Michigan's schedule has been pretty wonky. But again, when Michigan's had those moments, they've they've overcome them and maybe they haven't been as flashy as TCU and maybe they haven't been, you know, some of those interesting, you know, late game heroics like the like the Horn Frogs have had, but Michigan's still done everything else that they've needed to do this year. So, I'm kind of leaning towards the Wolverines here, but I don't know if I want to lay the seven and a half. I hope someone buys the hook at some point over the next 48 hours and I get a seven and that's probably where I'd step in on Michigan. I would just love to know and there's no way to know this. Whatever the betting breakdown turns out to be for this game, let's say it's Michigan, 70% of the bets are on Michigan, 30 are on TCU. The brand name recognition, if this is Oklahoma from the conference and they have the exact same roster, they have the exact same results as TCU, I wonder what the point spread is. If it's a brand name Oklahoma versus Michigan, right? I'm curious how that would play out. Yeah, I think... The good thing about the betting splits and really the, the ratings is they're kind of blind to that. Now, who people, like which team the public decides to bet on, that's a completely different situation. I agree with you. If it was Michigan versus Texas in this game, my guess is the hooks would have already been evaporated on Texas and we'd be yeah. at seven or six and a half on, on Michigan right. because I think people would see the number. And unlike other standalone games during the regular season once we get to the end of the rainbow here and the same thing happens in the Super Bowl I'm sure we'll talk about it over the next few weeks once the college season ends the public does have their say in these line moves unlike a random Big 12 game in October the public really doesn't have a say because there's not as much handle and and there's not as much exposure to those games so if there is a lot of TCU buzz over the next 24 to 48 hours the public might evaporate those hooks without a sharp player coming in and, and, and betting it not as as prominent I think um, you know in the semis but in the championship game for sure depending on what that matchup is so I, I agree with your sentiment that TCU is probably not a sexy team for people to bet on but I also think the point spread and the ratings are kind of blind to that it's all numbers based and the Vikings this year are a perfect example I mean the Vikings are underrated in the market every week, right, in the NFL. But, you know, they're kind of a brand name at this point, but not really. I don't know. That's probably apples to oranges. But I, I see your point. I'm curious to see where the line moves on Saturday. It'll be very interesting. Okay, we'll get to the other playoff game here. How about Ohio State against Georgia in the Peach Bowl? 
The Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Very fond of Chick-fil-A. You know, I got to throw that out there. But Georgia favored by six and a half. And this might be a weird way. The first thing I think of is the variance we've seen in Ohio State in playoff matchups before, where they, they won it all with Cardale Jones. Then they're losing 31 nothing to Clemson. And then they're shocking Clemson with six touchdown passes from Justin Fields. It's all up and down, right? So I think about the here and now, put that to the side, and the here and now with Ohio State. It's been a bit of that during the season. I know they have a ton of talent. I know they have athletes. I know that they can match up with Georgia in a lot of spots. But I saw them against Notre Dame in the first game of the year, and we're expecting nothing but fireworks, and they scored 21 points. And then we see fireworks in certain games, and then they get crushed by Michigan. They barely survive against Maryland. So it's just, I know they have a ton of talent, and they, I know they're capable of making a lot of people look stupid if they think Georgia's just going to roll over them on in this game. But I, I don't know about you, Jared. I am... I'm reluctant to back the Buckeyes in this spot. I just think Georgia is that good, and Ohio State has been a little too inconsistent. With all that said, Georgia, let's not give them a free pass. Barely beating Missouri, Missouri squeaking it out against Kentucky. So they haven't rolled everybody either, but I think they're more talented, and I think they have been more consistent. I cannot wait for this game. I, I, so first of all, this to me is the national championship game. I think the winner of this game wins it all. And I don't want to count out Ohio State because I counted them out a few years ago and they, then they beat Bama. And, and I, I think the matchup against Clemson that you're referring to, that was probably the best defense that Ohio State maybe has ever played yeah. in the history of their program. Like that was a, an elite front. And they just really disrupted things in that game. I don't know if this Georgia defense is that good. And this is a Georgia defense that obviously lost a ton of talent. And, you know, they've had some moments this year where they've – you know, shown their teeth. But I also think this is an Ohio State team that all season long, Ohio State was the number two team in the country until the last game of the year. And then they weren't. You know, they were an eight-point favorite against Michigan. So it, it's kind of intriguing to me that I'm getting a full seven. And and I agree with you. I think Georgia's offense is really the best unit on the field of all four units. And it's not necessarily their talent. It's more their scheme and how they put it all together. But I, if I get a full touchdown with Ohio State, that is really hard. That's going to be really hard for me to pass up mm-hmm. just because of where the Buckeyes have been rated all season. And Georgia's defense isn't last year's Georgia defense. And even in the championship game last year, we saw Alabama you know, put up some big yards against them, and it was the injury to Mechie midway through the game that kind of tilted things in, in Georgia's direction. So I, I do think we're going to see an Ohio State offense that is, is going to be able to move the football. And I think it's seven. I like Ohio State. Am I mm. crazy? I, I think am I crazy for thinking we might get an Ohio State Michigan national championship game? Like, is that a comp- of all the crazy things that have happened in college football this year? That wouldn't even make the top ten. I don't think. Yeah. Wow. I, hey, listen. Crazier things have happened before. Uh, it's possible. I think it's unlikely, but it's possible. The thing is, college football, football in general, always keeps you guessing. You would think of those two. If that were to be the matchup, that Michigan is the more likely winner, and that you know Ohio know. State. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing right now: <laughs> if Ohio State plays Michigan again, no, 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 I'd not, be fascinated not, not, by what that line is. Just after to what get we saw. there, 
just to get there. You would think that Michigan would have an easier time getting past TCU than Ohio State would oh, have just getting to get, past yes, Georgia. Yeah, 100%, just to get, 100%. But watch, it keeps you guessing, and watch uh, watch it be Ohio State-TCU. I'm <laughs> fascinated to see which direction <laughs> that line moves on Saturday. Because I'll be honest, if all of a sudden we wake up on Saturday morning and we're doing the show, and Georgia's now only laying six, you're just like, okay, well, someone – Someone really smart just put a, bet, a big bet in on Ohio State. Now, yeah. if it gets to seven, that's where I think the money for Ohio State will step in. And it won't go past seven. Like, it, if it gets to seven, it'll get bought back down pretty quick. But if we wake up Saturday morning and all of a sudden the six and a halves turn into sixes or five and a halves, ooh, juicy times. Yeah, juicy times. I, I just, I got to see it to believe it in terms of Ohio State beating Georgia. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying I got to see it to really buy in. I just think Georgia is better. Uh, they're more battle-tested. They just won a championship last season. And I know, like, football can make you look really stupid real fast. And all this stuff about Georgia, and I'm on the Georgia side here. I think it's the better play. But you could look up and be like, oh my gosh, I'm on with Stetson Bennett instead of C.J. Stroud. What the yeah. hell was I thinking? But Georgia's just a better overall team. I, I agree And you can that. trust I their defense so much more, right? Like, Ohio State's defense, there have been so many times. They've just been freaking brutal. You haven't seen to, anything brutal from Georgia. I hate to boil Georgia. it all down to numbers, but it, I think both games from a betting perspective, now from a watch perspective, from a who wins perspective, totally different conversation. But from a betting perspective... I think both key numbers are where I'd be willing to step in on the Big Ten teams. Seven across the board. Like, if I get a seven on Michigan and if I get a seven on Ohio State, I think those are going to be my two bets on Saturday. Wow. We'll see how it shakes out. Interesting stuff, man. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. I can't wait. This is this is really our last Saturday. So this is our last college football Saturday. It really is. It's been a fun season. Yeah, we will have a huge show for you. Check us out on Saturday, 9 a.m. until noon, right up until Kentucky-Iowa kickoff. Right, I think that's how we're going to promote the show. <laughs> it's going to be myself, Brian, no, Jerry Smith. sleep past that if you'd like. Just wake up for our show, go back to bed, sleep yeah. past the Iowa-Kentucky game, and then wake back up for the semis. Nah, you want to see Bama. You got to see yeah, Kansas that's State true. and Bama. You want Bama. Jared Smith from PicksWise.com will be with us. Also, Rich Ornberger, our guy, Penn State All-America, Eastern Time, Saturday morning on Fox Sports Radio. Earn a $50 bonus by signing into BetMGM and clicking on Refer a Friend to Invite a Friend. And in just a few simple steps, both you and your friend will receive a $50 bonus. BetMGM, the king of sports books. Okay, we welcome in Bill Krakenberger, sports handicapper from CrackWins.com to talk some NFL Crack this line. <laughs> it's you know those. What is it? An auctioneer where they're like, hey, let me. Let me, let me, let me. That's what I. Yep, he, yep. That's what I hear in my head with the Cowboys Titans. Just how many points can we go to? It was Dallas by ten, then eleven. It's up to thirteen. You're seeing. A, hey, let me. Let me hear fourteen. Like we're getting up toward two touchdowns here. It is a meaningless game for the Titans. For the Titans to win the AFC South, it's all about the game against Jacksonville next week. So the Titans, they're starting Joshua Dobbs. It's a crazy scenario over here. What do you think about the Cowboys being around two touchdown favorites on Thursday night football on the road here? Yeah, there's no 13s left. Um, actually, 13 and a half, and there is a couple of rogue 14s up there now. I uh, at 14 points at home. Home field advantage is not as big as it once was in the NFL, but 
I'll take 14 points with anybody. You know me, double-digit dogs uh, on road, home. I don't care where they're at. It's a winning proposition. It's a blindly a winning proposition just to bet anything plus 14 or more. It, it, lifetimes, you're a winner. So uh, I'm going to go with those numbers still, and I, I, I lean to the dog here. I actually seen my prop guy was asking me if I can get any Willis. Okay, let me, I'm going to read it to you here. Under half a touchdown. Willis interception. Uh, so you can send any Willis props bet under. It looks like he's not even going to be a, a quarterback. They're going to be going back and forth between quarterbacks, it looks like, um, in this game. And, uh, yeah, there's a low total, 39.5, 40. I mean, man, you don't see 14 points with 40. You just don't see. It's almost a correlated parlay you can bet under with the – you know, back both ways here, favor and over and under and dog. Choose your poison here. Um but again, you make you want to make sure you get fourteen. Uh, but Tennessee, Tennessee's a good bet to, make, to, to not make the playoffs. There's actually places that take that minus two hundred no to make the playoffs. So um, I find that um, you know pretty interesting. So I don't know why crack. Yeah, when there's a huge point spread like this, I just. It's like searching for the needle in a haystack. I just want to find the one game where you're like, if I had to bet this game, I would lay the 14 with the Cowboys. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I just want you to have a totally square selection for once. All right, how about this one, Crack? Uh, the Panthers in Tampa Bay, so Tampa can clinch the decrepit NFC South in this one. Tampa is favored by three points. You got your eye on the total, though, 40 and a half. What are you thinking in uh, the Panthers-Bucks game as far as the total yeah. goes? I think uh, we're going down to some nice weather, hopefully, and uh, I, I think these teams can get over 40 points, 40 and a half even. Uh, there's still a couple of 40s on the screen, but 40 and a half even, that's that's a that's a bet I'm, I have made on the Tampa-Carolina over. I think it, it, some of these lines are set so low now. I mean – uh, um, it, it's unbelievable. If you were to have look-ahead lines, these these would not be so low. But because we've had so much low scoring throughout the year in the NFL, uh, the bookmakers have kind of uh, think that it's not going to return to the mean and kept these games at least a full point lower than uh, the models of the professional guys and my guy thinks um, also in the Carolina Tampa Bay game, uh, we come up with a total of 42 and a half on this game. And, um, and we lean to the over there. We actually, you know, like I said, we played the over 40 and 40 and a half even. And I haven't yet, I have not yet to make, I may make, I like betting as you guys know, over first halves here too. So I, I have not bet that yet. There's 19 and a half on the first half and I'm probably going to throw something on the over first half. There you go. There you go. You got your eye on a home dog as well. Jets at the Seahawks. Seahawks are a one and a half point home underdog in this one. And uh, you don't think that the Jets should be favored on the road. Mike White is back. Mike White off the rib injury. He's been cleared. So they might get some competent quarterback play back there. But nevertheless, you like Seattle. How about this with Tyler Lockett, the wide receiver? He had surgery, a broken bone in his hand. Um, and he already had surgery. He's making a lot of progress. He's trying to suit up for this one. That's wild that he might no, uh, be I, I ready to go that. in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. And you know, I just don't think the Jets should be giving points on the road to anybody right now. And half this half of the season, uh, Seattle definitely played better uh, the first you know three quarters of the year. Uh, the first half of the season, they they haven't really played the second half well, but. 
I think this is a good spot for Seattle uh, as a home dog. I, I don't want the points even. I'm I'm going to look towards the money line, taking a money line on this uh, plus 105, plus 110, a couple plus one, two, three. There's like five plus one tens. Um, I haven't bet this yet, but I think Seattle will be a good spot for them. I, the Jets. Let me tell you, I really was high on them. Uh, the second half of the year, I thought they were going to make the playoffs, and now they're like you have to lay five to one for them to make the playoffs. From for, for the for the no, um, so I, I just think the Jets' season's over, and uh, I, I think probably a good spot for Seattle here. How about another one here where you're looking at Jalen Hurts possibly being out again? Saints Eagles Eagles right now a five point favorite. Total is 42, but you like some Minshew mania, right? You like Gardner Minshew as the backup oh, quarterback. I, I, I don't like Like I said earlier, I will not lay over three points in the NFL. I hate to lay a money line, but I see some good prices here. Actually, BetMGM leads the way, it looks like, uh, with a minus 250 money line. Yeah, I, I, I don't like laying money lines, but I think this is a good spot for the Eagles. Um, the Eagles have to win one of these next two games to wrap up everything there still. And and I think that uh, last week's game was probably closer than the final score showed. And the Eagles were actually winning for a lot of that game. So um, it was a big game versus, versus Dallas. And now they're back home versus a New Orleans squad who, who's just been a disappointment this year. I know I had overseason wins for them. They're not even close. They're terrible. So I think a good spot here for the Philly money line. And uh, I don't mind laying that. And I don't mind the backup Gardner. So I think he's actually a pretty good, pretty good backup. A couple other really good matchups. How about this one? Vikings and Green Bay. What a season for Green Bay. They lose a ton of games. They've actually been playing well as of late. Won a couple in yeah. a row. And now the Packers at sub-500, they find themselves as three-and-a-half-point home favorites against the Vikings, who only have a couple of losses on the entire season. It's been wild. Vikings have the division wrapped up. Might be a, a seeding incentive for the Vikings in this one. You had uh, their head coach mention that um, he was going to look to rest some of the starters as they come down the stretcher. Dalvin Cook has had a, a ton of carries, so something to keep your eye on. But the Packers, who are coming on strong down the stretch and trying to eke into the playoffs, I know it's over three, Crack, and it's against your good nature to lay over three, but three in the hook for the sub-500 team. If you had to pick one way or the other, which way are you going here? Listen, you guys know my rule here, and I'll tell you what. This is an old-school division rival game here, Green Bay-Minnesota. Yes, Green Bay's playing better. Minnesota's playing worse. They were look like a real good team at the beginning of the year, and they're playing worse now. Um, this is a situation here, though, where – I cannot lay this even at home versus Green Bay. Um, the, the starters that, that are resting, don't forget there's guys that are taking their positions that want to be starters. So people don't – they overestimate sometimes when, 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 they, when these guys come in and the lines move against them. It's already baked in the line that Minnesota will be resting players. That plus three and a half is uh, the only way I would bet this game. One more here. Got to get your thoughts on the Monday night game. This is the Monday night game of the year, easily. Bills at the Bengals. Bengals a one-point home underdog. Huge in terms of playoff seeding. Cincinnati still trying to wrap up the AFC North. That might come down to week 18, depending on what happens with the Ravens and the Bengals this week. But Bills, Bengals. Bills have the inside track for the one seed. That would be huge for them. What stands out to you in the Bills, Bengals matchup, Crack? 
we're going to be in Cincinnati the next week. So uh, I actually wish we were there for this game. This is, this is a fun game. Uh, like you said, probably the Monday night game. It is the Monday night game of the year. And um, Bengals plus one looks like, uh, it looks like it looks like a sweet bet, but I won't be betting either side here. This is a game, probably the only game of the year that I can think I want to watch as a fan, a fan mm. of the NFL. That is something Bill Krakenberger doesn't talk about too much. So um, this should be a great game. I think the winner of this game will be the the, the, the will determine who the, who the favorite to, to win the Super Bowl will be. Uh, uh, so that, that's how much I think about this game. Cincinnati's been rolling. Buffalo has shown that they could be. Uh, they there is kryptonite out there, and they have some weaknesses. Uh, so they're banged up a little bit too. Uh, again, this, this this should be a fun game to watch, guys. It, you don't have to have a bet on it. Just make sure you know. Monday Night Football, everyone thinks you have to have a bet. You don't have to have a bet on it. Yeah, how about the winning streaks? Bills have won six straight. Bengals have won seven straight. And what a wacky game it was for the Bengals last week against the Patriots where it looked like they were going to cruise to an easy cover. And the next thing you know, you're like, how in the world are they going to cover? Then they get the key fumble. That was a crazy game for Cincy. It was like 22 to nothing or something, right? I mean, it was an amazing, amazing comeback, uh, only to still, since he still held on for the cover last week. So, um, yeah, I mean, you got to look at the, maybe they'll learn from that too. They can't rest on their laurels when they're up by three touchdowns. They, they have to put away these teams. So, uh, look forward to it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, be sure to check out the new look and features in the BetMGM app. It's fast and easy access to the sports you love. Whether it's live betting, the Daily Lions Boost, or the Cash Out feature, new users can use the code COUNTDOWN for a special offer. Make sure you check us out on Sunday. Bill Krakenberger will be there from crackwins.com. Jeff Schwartz, eight-year NFL veteran. We have a lot of fun with him. I'm Brian No. It's Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff. Presented by BetMGM, 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. Eastern time, leading right up to kickoff. Catch us on Fox Sports Radio then.